I'm Zach. I'm Roy. And this is Advice Hot Dog. Roy, there's only going to be one set of footprints in the sand tonight because you are going to be carrying my ass on you know, this episode. That, that's funny you should say that because I was going to say that I really needed you to carry me. Oh, well, I guess we're going to see how this goes. You're tired because you've been, I don't know, working in a salt mine all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is hard. That, is that it? Uh, yeah. Looking for diamonds. I don't, you're never going to find diamonds yeah, in a really, coal mine, yeah, so you're it's, yeah, it's I don't futile. Think that's how that works. You find diamonds in a coal mine when Superman is there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you do. You do. Roy, a tragedy befell me this well, morning. What was it? So I... Uh, Are you I okay? I, I... Well... You don't know. Sort of, yeah. I mean, we... we do you have short-term I've, memory loss? I've yet, to, I've yet to really comprehend the fallout from this. I, uh, I decided to make myself a breakfast sandwich. Oh, for breakfast took you four hours. So this weekend I woke up and I thought, you know what? It's Saturday. I can eat whatever the fuck I want. I often think that. And so I immediately am just like, oh, I'm just going to go get some candy bars for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time I thought, well, I'll go to Dunkin Donuts and I'll get some coffee for, for me and my loved ones. And then I will uh, I will get one of their breakfast sandwiches because I want something salty. I'm in the mood for something salty, not sure. something sweet. Sure. I, like Wayne Knight in Jurassic Park, had a lot of sweet. I'm thinking I'm going to get something salty. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought, you know, the breakfast sandwiches at Dunkin' Donuts are not that great, and I bet I could, I bet I could reproduce that. I got some farm you fresh eggs the, from noted lady Rachel Bess. The paninis? No, just the bagel. Just oh, okay. the, just the straightforward bagel breakfast sandwich. So I just went to the grocery store and I bought some bagels and I bought some ham. Oh, you. Uh, from scratch I went like to you the, had to yes, gather all, yes. all of your I, goods well I had the eggs and I had the cheese okay because those are those are everyday breakfast those are staple objects for me yeah um, so I'm, I you know I made a breakfast sandwich with a bagel and some ham and, and an egg and some cheese and it turned out pretty good wow. and so I thought I would have another one of those this morning um, so one thing I like to do when I make an egg on cheese and toast is mm-hmm. I leave the egg a little runny mm-hmm. right because I like it that way right uh, but today when I, after I had assembled my breakfast sandwich and I picked it up to take a bite, all of the yolk of the egg had run out through the bottom hole of the bagel all over the counter. And so not only did I lose the delicious and nutritious yolk of the egg, but I also had sticky sandwich the entire time I was eating it and I had to eat it over a paper towel. (laughs) You mean you didn't take a piece of uh, extra bagel and just sop it up? Oh, I would have. Wow, I should have. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I didn't want to eat an entire additional bagel. Roy, that's 270 calories. <laughs> I, so you forgot to use the ham to plug up the hole. Well, the, the problem is that I heat up the ham last. Oh. Right? So so I, I, I try I try to develop the most efficient morning routine. The, the way that I normally do it. The way that I normally do it with my toast is I, I get I, up. I, I would like our audience to know that you're gesturing very much. I get up and I, I get up and I and I swing my hammer around for a while and then mm-hmm. I do my uh, I do my things on the power tower and then I uh-huh. and then I and then I bench press to blast my pecs. Right. Um, and then I go in. I go in, continuing to listen to my podcast on the on the Jawbone Jam Box into the kitchen, where I turn on the fire under the frying pan, pour the oil into the frying pan. Put a piece of bread in the toaster. Go over to the refrigerator. Get an egg. Get a slice of cheese. Grab a paper towel. Put the egg in the slice of cheese. Well, no. I put the slice of cheese on the paper towel. I put the egg on the counter next to the stove. 
when the toast pops up, I put the toast on the paper towel, put the cheese on the toast, so the toast, or so the cheese starts to melt, and it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It gets soft. I like yeah. it. I like a soft cheese. Sure. Uh, and then I go over. I take my spatula, my uh, spatula that I've had for like ten years, and the handle is missing, uh, so it's real stubby. Mm-hmm. It's like a little chode spatula. Mm-hmm. Uh, scrape the uh, olive oil around uh, on the on the pan so that the egg doesn't stick to the pan. Right. Drop the egg in there. Fry it. Put it on the put it on the cheese toast, and then I eat it over the trash can like an adult. <laughs> Because you don't want to use a plate? Yeah, I don't want to get a plate dirty. Uh-huh, I don't want sure. I don't want it to be somebody else. Look, I'm not going to wash the fucking dishes and I don't want to I don't want to inflict that on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I did the same thing with this bagel sandwich, but uh yeah, bagels have a hole in the bottom. Then didn't it just run into the garbage can? Because uh, you were eating over the garbage can? Well, no, cuz I didn't I don't really eat it like over over. The, I just eat it kind of near the garbage can in case something happens. Yeah, in case something happens. Yeah. But this uh-huh. one it would have dripped everywhere in between where I made it and the garbage can. Uh-huh. My kitchen's pretty big. So, did you never go to Dunkin Donuts? No, I never did. Oh, cuz yeah. you should have just gotten a bunch of donut holes. Mm, okay. And you could plug plug those holes. Oh, that would have been pretty good. I'm going to do that from the beginning next time. I'm going to make mm-hmm. the... Except I can't eat a donut hole because it's Thursday. We're recording on a Thursday, right? It's, it's considered bread. It's not candy. Mm, I don't think that counts. Sweet bread. Sweet, sweet bread. Look, don't you be telling... Look, I'm like the Jews. Fence around the law. Fence around the law, Roy. There are lots of interpretations. You, you could be a uh, Renaissance Jew... Or, uh, but there, there are a lot of interpretations, but like the Jews, I choose to take the interpretation that causes me the most suffering. I see. Okay. How have you been, Roy? How was your breakfast? My breakfast was, was pretty good. Uh, what, what did I have for breakfast? I, I had some hash browns with, uh, cabbage and bacon and an egg. Well, that sounds exactly like something you would eat for breakfast. The other day, I had a really delicious uh, Chinese-style uh, sausage with uh, an egg and some other stuff. Yeah, did you, was that the breakfast Kim that you posted salsa. about to the Twitter? Yeah, yeah, it was delicious. How did, how did people it respond also to that? Looked really. People said they were hungry. One guy said he was hungry. Yeah, that's people. Yeah, every person on Twitter represents a thousand people in the real world. Sure, that that that's don't want to bother re- replying to one anything. Thing I've learned. Yeah, I mean, people mm-hmm. are lazy. Yeah, people are. So what else have you been up to besides eating that one breakfast that one day? Uh, well, since we last uh, spoke on the air, uh, I celebrated my birthday and right. became a woman. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Your, your quinceanera. Happened. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you sent me a, a, a message. Did I? Yeah. Oh, good. Thanks. God, you don't fucking remember anything. Whoever reminded your birthday is April 18th. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I sort of know that. What? You make me feel bad, Roy. You make I, me... I shouldn't make you feel bad. I, I know. I agree <laughs> that you shouldn't. Um, Look, it's not my fault that my birthday is trivially easy to remember. <laughs> Roy, really? it's not my fault that I'm so That's much more of an true. asshole than all of my friends. <laughs> I guess it is. I forget my friends' birthdays all the time. Yeah. Not yours, though. Right, because mine is very easy to remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. One, one. That's not my birthday. No, it's not. Um, so what did you do for your birthday? Um, what did I do for my birthday? Uh, I stayed at home and I worked on the studio, which is what I really wanted to do. And Corinne really wanted to surprise me by having our friends uh, Dana and her brother Dave take me to go see Rodriguez 
at night at a concert. Do you know who Rodriguez is? I know it's a musician. I'm he's gathering. a musician. Um, he has a really interesting story. He recently Does he play flamenco. No, um, he plays the guitar. Like he's from the '60s and became super suit. This was so really, he is at least 43. He's like in his 60s. You're saying he was popular. In he the was 60s. popular in the okay. 60s, and um, he became a huge. It's not like Narciso Yepes. I don't know who that is. Uh, he's a classical guitarist. Okay, no, he's not. Who I think speaks Spanish. Um, he became a huge deal in South Africa while he was unknown, essentially, in the U.S. or has been. And uh, recently, there are two filmmakers that decided, hey, whatever happened to this guy that we all love? And um, they made a documentary about him, and he has started touring again. Um, I knew about this dude because when I was living in Germany, one of my friends was from South Africa, and she told me, you have to check out this guy and burn me a copy of his CD. Which is really good. Like he should be a big deal. Does he sing? Yeah, he sings. What language He's a does he singer sing in? in English. He's a singer, a songwriter. It's cool stuff. Um, the big album that he did was called Cold Fact. In any case, uh, she wanted to surprise me, but I did not want to go to this concert because even though I like him, I don't like him that much. And for the evening of my birthday, I wanted to be at home with my yeah. wife. So did you go to the concert anyway? Nope. Wow. <laughs> so Corinne wanted to surprise me, and then I told her in the morning, and then I was kind of upset the rest of the day because, you know, she wanted to do this nice thing for me, and, and wow. I refused and, it. And you, like, you, know, you know what I do when somebody does something nice for me is I flip them off, and I say, mm -hmm. F you, loving wife. Yeah, that isn't what I did. I don't want this for my birthday. You know, but um, they they gave their ticket to another friend who was super excited to go. It, was, it wasn't a big deal. They still came and visited. You, so you arrived at a Pareto superior arrangement where I, everyone got I, what they want. I you suppose got to, so. You got to stay at home. and But I felt like a dick all day is essentially what happened. I mean, that's sort of what being an adult is like, right? Feeling you, like yeah, a you dick just, all day? You just feel like a dick most of the time. Um, I you go I, from feeling inadequate most of the time uh -huh. to feeling like a dick most of the time, or an inadequate dick. Uh, there's that brief. There's that. There's that glorious mm -hmm. overlap uh -huh. in the middle. Yeah, which I'm trying to extend that part of my life out as long as I can. Sure, combination of inadequacy and 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 just you know contempt for the world. Well, for your friends or the people you love. I, so so I don't have contempt for the world, but I'm pretty sure that I come across as a guy who has a lot of contempt for the world. Yeah, like you hate toast. Uh, no, I hate microwaves, but I don't usually have to microwave my toast. Oh, you like, should wear an amber necklace. They'll protect you against microwaves. Uh, okay. Right. That's the enchantment on amber is plus plus four against microwaves. Yeah, and, and cell phone uh, towers. Hmm. Okay. Is this like burying a St. Joseph statue Probably. in the yard? When Corinne bought uh, an amber necklace for Cora um, for teething, right? The reason you get one of those is that a baby can chew on it. Not because it has some sort of magical property that helps with teething pains and protects you also from microwaves and cell phones. That actually said that on their thing. Hmm, okay. Uh, there is a place uh, next door to a restaurant that we eat at sometimes that sells salt lamps. Ah. Uh, and the sign in front of it claims that they will uh, cure asthma. Really? Yeah. And it really makes you me wonder a bunch of salt? why there isn't a standards body making it so that's not a thing you're allowed to say. Huh. Uh, maybe they should be encouraged to do those mad dog shots, right? 
Right. That would cure asthma. Uh, well, probably. I'm guessing that most of the people Cause who blindness. do this don't have asthma. So, uh-huh. so yeah, they seem pretty on the ball. Uh. Yeah. Also, our hummingbirds left the nest yesterday. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, it was a bittersweet moment. I've stopped filling up our hummingbird feeder because it was leaking, and also because there's one asshole hummingbird that chases all the other hummingbirds off, so nobody gets to drink out of it except the finches. <laughs> it was leaking, and the finches figured out where the leak was, and uh, they figured out how they could get at some of that sweet, sweet nectar. Sure. Uh, l- sort of literally. Yeah, yeah. As far as they know. I mean, right. it's not real nectar. It's, uh-huh. it's this is fucking bleached it's ash. corn syrup. This is bleached ash sugar from probably, like, I don't know, abused Vietnamese children in a sugar factory. I don't uh-huh. know where it comes from. It's probably someplace horrible like that. Uh-huh. Where all sugar comes from. Yeah. So I'm trying to leave the thing empty. So I used to have this theory that it was important in establishing my relationship with my cat that oh, I, I periodically say birds. that I periodically go a little while without feeding her just so that she understands that I'm in charge. Oh. Right? She mm-hmm. I need my cat to understand that the arrangement that we have where she lives in my house and I buy food for her is an arrangement that is wholly at my discretion. Does she know that you pay the taxes? I, I I've learned or rather I've concluded as I have as I have aged into the wiser man that I am, that that was probably a waste of time. That the cat is probably incapable of understanding the social dynamics that I was trying to establish. Uh huh. Um, but it was slightly cheaper. So oh, sure. I don't feel like it was a total if you loss. <laughs> imposed a mandatory fast once a week. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not. I'm not abusing. Did she even notice? I mean, she barely eats. I'm not. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm not abusing the cat. I'm just like every once in a while when the dish would be empty and the cat would ask for food, I would not give her food. And then a couple hours later when she asked again, I would. I see. Um, that's that's like what people do with kids. Is it? Yeah. Sure. Because I feel like it's what I would do with a kid. Uh huh. I need that kid to understand that his living here or her living here, it'd be harder with a girl. I can't say no to a lady. You can't. <laughs> uh, you can't do that when kids are really little. You can do it later when, you know, they can handle not eating between man, meals. They're, it, they're more like hummingbirds than my, you think. My, my kid, oh, they're, like they're always, they're always like 45 minutes away from starving to death. Essentially. They're like, they're like shrews. I feel like when I have a kid, the kid is going to be grounded 90% of the time. Why? Because that's what turned me into the solid, upstanding citizen that I am, was being grounded like 90% what of the time. What were you doing that you got grounded? Kid. Oh, sassing back, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Swearing uh-huh. at school uh, was a lot of it. Not, okay. not meeting my obligations. Saying that I was going to do things and then not doing them. Oh. Um, you know, getting... This is what you hate now getting, of other people. I know. I know. And see, I, what I want is the complexes that make me miserable to, to, to yeah. careen forward into the future long after my but death. You're assuming carry the that... fire, son. Carry the fire. I will say carry the fire of every angst-ridden moment uh-huh. that I have spent being disappointed in all of the people that I'm surrounded by. You're assuming that your child-to-be will sass back and uh, say that he or she will do things and then not do them. You're saying well, it might be like in Teen Wolf, where it will skip a generation sometimes. Maybe. You know, maybe you have a nice child. 
Yeah, it's not just you raising them. I hope so. I once got a D in penmanship. Uh, yeah, and then my my and you know what my dad did? He was like, "You're gonna write a page every day of the Constitution." No, no, whatever you want, make something up. Uh, and what that did was for like three months when I was a kid, like for one semester, I just wrote a paragraph every day, and that probably made me a writer. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, probably. It did. was certainly some practice. Sure. You know, I was I was writing I was writing about adventures. Uh, Were you uh, making up stories? I was. Oh, okay. uh, adventures undertaken by elves and dwarfs. Ah, okay. I was big into I was big into Dungeons and Dragons at that point, and so right. Yeah, not Tolkien. You know, I was, but not really. My dad read me The Hobbit when I was when I was little. I did not read the rest of the Lord of the Rings until I was like twenty five. Around the time I had my first hemorrhoid. I still have not officially read them. You never got past the big gats. <laughs> yeah, and the half giants. Um, I listened to an unabridged uh, version of it. Ooh, did um, they sing all the songs? They did. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it must have been really bad, Roy. It, it was a BBC production. It was, it was done, done really well. And I'm currently listening to one of The Hobbit, which is kind of hard to follow. There are lots of uh, sound effects on it and the weird troll voices and stuff. <laughs> I can't always. They're just horn-talking and kazoos and those. There are, the songs are really terrible in this version, and they are more like Renaissance Festival lute, lute playing. Right. There's, there's somebody with a tuba <laughs> backing up the dwarf songs with some <laughs> No tuba. <laughs> Um, but you know it has its own own thing. Um, Gandalf sounds—I don't know what he sounds like. He doesn't have the gravitas that he should. I mean, uh, Ian McKellen has spoiled us. Yeah, I think he probably has. Kind of thing. He's very serious, nasally a little bit. Gandalf is. Yeah, in this version, mm -hmm. I'm still enjoying it. It's on tape, so so I have to listen to it on my Walkman. Which I still have. Good. It's not it, an, an, a real Walkman. It's it just a tape player. Burn through a lot of double uh, A batteries. Uh, so far, no. Mm. But I've only gone through one tape. You know, when I think of the amount of time that I spent listening to uh, listening to tapes on a Walkman or on, on my to Ill. boombox, yeah, a lot of license to ill. A lot of a uh, lot of cruising by the Fat Boys, mm. or maybe crushing. I don't remember. What. I think it's. Cruising. I think it's crushing. Really? Yeah. Crushing? I think it's crushing, and my dad once misread it as cruising, and that's why I thought it was called cruising for a really long time. So uh -huh. my dad is never wrong about anything. Sure. But then there was that one fateful moment when I was like 13, the dad was wrong about something. Oh, what and was I it? I never trusted him again. I don't remember. You don't remember? You remember how old you were? but Or was he 13? <laughs> yeah, that was probably it. Um, yeah. Hmm. What, what, do you remember the moment uh, at which your dad became no longer superhuman? Uh, I, nope. I still haven't experienced that. Oh, right. Your, your dad, your dad is having some, uh, he, uh, he had a hernia any... operation. He had oh, four he hernias. He had it. He yeah. Had the operation. Last Friday. Was everything all right? Yeah. It, it was your, really your dad well. is in his eighties and this was the first operation he ever undergone. Yeah. yeah. And he was really hoping, um, to, we were on the phone before he had the operation, and he said, I really wanted to go my life without having an operation. And 
I really, and this is a true thing, I really had to fight the impulse to say, well, you know, if things don't turn out, that is yeah, hell. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll die from the anesthetic and get, get your wish. But, but I did, you know, I was trying to I, be I, funny with him, so, but I, right, I didn't So, I mean, say my it. dad would have very much appreciated that, that I, joke. How, I, my dad would have also, but I did not want to, as as one would say, is... Uh, you didn't want to jinx it? Yeah, poke, poke fate with a finger. Huh, is that like a Spanish phrase that is no. more elegant in the original language? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh... It, the actual moment where I uh, where I concluded that my dad was was not but a mortal man and not not as infallible as I had suspected was also he got uh, he had an operation and was just knocked on his ass from the anesthesia. It was why I was always very very scared of oh, of operations of, yourself or, yeah or of, anesthesia of, of anesthesia in particular of being, of being put out mm-hmm. um, which had had never happened to me until four months ago and oh right yeah. Um, and I had spoken, I, you know, I talked to the doctor about it and he said, you know, in, in all my 35 years of practicing medicine, I've never had a patient that got, that died from anesthesia. And I said, I'm not worried about dying from it. I just, I don't want to be rendered helpless mm-hmm. the way that my dad was. It was really, it was just really striking. I mean, I will never forget like my mom having to help my dad get up the steps to go into the house because he was just like doubled over puking. Mm-hmm. from the anesthesia and then my doctor said the anesthesia they have is much better now and it was oh, well, sure. my my trip home consisted of me saying hey stop and get me some coffee <laughs> and then okay yeah and then and then i made it you weren't just in the back seat <laughs> saying is this real life no i was in the front seat uh i was in the front seat kind of hoping that i would say something funny but then i didn't Mm-mm. it was the one time in my life i didn't say something funny Roy. oh yeah so i guess really we've all fallen yeah Ah, hey, have I, you seen any uh, good movies? I saw Jurassic Park 3D. That's oh, you did. Only, that's the only. That's why it's that. on your mind. Yeah. Wait. Why did you? Did you I mentioned say, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. in, within the last ten minutes. You know what I like about Jurassic Park? There is the scene where they go in and they play the little movie where the DNA cartoon mm-hmm. explains everything. Yeah, and I like that. Scene. That is the thing that you can always point to and give as an example when you're trying to explain to somebody what diegesis is. Ah. Okay. Um, storytelling within the within the framework of the story itself diegetic music in a scene is music that's like playing on a radio in the fictional world as opposed to music that's playing as a soundtrack to the movie sure um and that's pretty cool that movie has that come up in conversation uh, more often than you'd think really well if you want to sound like an asshole you have to start oh, it comes up a you, lot yeah you have to start saying well you know you have to start drawing a contrast between the diegetic and the non-diegetic elements of uh-huh. of a work lots of charts involved uh no no that really like just a, a lot of like card. sitting around at a coffee shop acting like an asshole mm-hmm. um, do you do that anymore sit at coffee shops you know, I I, spent I thought a, you got all your coffees from the Dutch Bros. Well, uh, drive, drive when I'm up. just when I'm just going to work. You know, the other day I went to the Dutch Bros. drive through and uh, and I and I got called on my I got called on my bullshit, which is that if I pull up to the Dutch Bros. drive through and there are a bunch of dudes working in there, I'm just fucking all business and I just check out. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Just give me my fucking coffee and I'm gonna go to work. Oh, interesting. Because I don't care. And the dude was like, Hey, Zach, how's it going? <clears throat> I have a question for you. How many of our names do you know? And I said, none at all. And he told me all of their names. 
uh-huh. then today he quizzed me. Oh man. I got them all right. Uh-huh. Except except I got them all right, except I did not identify him as the guy who had asked me the question. I think what has happened is that there is one guy at the coffee shop who I am convinced is two different guys, depending on like whether he's shaved recently or not. Uh-huh. Because I don't fucking look at dudes when I go there. I'm like, I'm serious. I'm just like I on the days when I go there and there are a bunch of like bubbly cute girls in the coffee shop. You know their names? Uh, I know some of their names. I, I mean, it doesn't, but it, but it, you know, it's. But I I know what they look like, right? I you can, can tell them, them apart. Yeah, I can tell them apart. Which with the guys, I mostly you can't. can't. I see what your problem is. Care. So so it's not even like say in movies there are many male characters. It's not that. <laughs> right, the I'm movie. Raci- is- I'm racist against men. They all look alike to me. <laughs> This is that's no, why you can't it, follow stories. This problem where I think that Richard Dreyfus and Paul Newman look alike, and no huh. one agrees with me. And I think the fact that I believe that, in spite of everyone's assertions to the contrary, means that there's just something in my head that just can't. I, there's something in me that just doesn't care what dudes look like. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't, oh man. Okay. That that's <clears throat> that's an odd odd insight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was so, so that was the trip to the coffee shop this morning. I got all the names right. Mm-hmm. But then did he ask you if he was the one who asked the question? No, was that he part was, of the quiz? He, he did a little like, yes, where he like pumped his fist and he was like stoked that he had taught me a lesson about how to, stoked? how to live in love. No, he didn't say he was. No, oh. the, the kids probably don't say that anymore. Every once in a while, I will ask them, hey, what's this song that's playing? And they don't have any fucking idea. Because it's just on Pandora yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, people don't know anymore what yeah. what songs. Um, Corinne's been playing Pandora a whole lot, and she's usually puts it on the Fergie station. Okay, in the mornings, and now because I keep asking her questions like who people are, now I I know who the different singers are. Mm. I can tell you the difference between Rihanna, Pink, and Fergie. Okay, and uh, Stefani. You don't just hold your phone with Shazam up to her phone with Pandora. No. I just go through a very convoluted process of learning information that you could no. have just looked at her phone together. I've never put Shazam on my phone. Mm-hmm. I uh, I learned yesterday that the album Last Splash by the Breeders uh, turns 20 years old in August. Wow. I know. It is a really fucking good album. Didn't that come out when we were in high school? It did. They are going on tour. Um, mm, with going with on R.E.M. Tour. and the Bee Gees? <laughs> No, no, BG's B-52. No, no, they're going on tour with the Mamas and the Papas. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, remember when I... Uh, no, you don't remember because I probably didn't tell this to you. Uh, there was a point at which I realized that more time had passed between now and when Metroid came out than had passed between when Metroid came out and Kennedy was assassinated. Wow. Yeah. And it didn't make me feel old. It just when, made me feel like did... the Kennedy assassination was really recent. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. Okay. Where were you when that happened? Uh, when Metroid came out, <laughs> boy, I don't know. <laughs> I was I was on the farm. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at at one point making the choice whether I wanted to get Metroid or Kid Icarus, and I chose Metroid, and I think mm, I chose correctly. Good good choice. Yeah. That changed your life. Probably did. Kid Icarus wasn't as good. It wasn't as good. No. no. It was fall good, down. There were some good things about it. 
you do always fall down. In Metroid, if you fall down, you just see what's down there. Yeah, that's cool. Kid Icarus, you fall down. It's like, fuck you. Also, now you're an eggplant. <laughs> I really do hate games where uh, falling kills you. Mm-hmm. Like when when I first played Prince of Persia, I really hated that, yeah. the, all those falls. I pretty much hated every game that I ever played by Jordan Mechner. <laughs> oh, really? You didn't like Prin- Prince of Persia? I did like it. You know, he's a luminary. He did some important stuff. I really liked reading his diary I didn't like him because he, he was a luminary, In, in the though. 80s, uh, you didn't like him because of the luminarias in front of his house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other day I was driving home and I saw a house with uh, the whole roof of the house lined in luminarias. And mm. I thought... What the fuck are those people thinking? They think they look good. Maybe they were electric. Yeah, they're the plastic ones. Yeah. Because you actually just put like, hey, let's put some paper bags with fire in them all up in our roof. (laughs) In the attic. Yeah. No, the the ones... hide them. You just hang these under the eaves. You also have to, you know, change the candles all the time. Well, That's where you get the plastic ones. A tea light lasts like 12 hours. Sure, but, you know, I mean, like every night? Well, I assume they were having a quinceañera or something. Oh, okay. Up on the rooftop? Mm-hmm. Click, click, click. Uh-huh. Is this near the office? Yes. It's there all the time. Oh. All right. Well, I just, for the first time, had my eyes open while I was driving home. I see. That's Usually, good. I am too drunk to focus on anything that isn't directly in front of me in the road. Sure. It's weird to have a tunnel vision. Roy, you have brought a sheaf. You have you have bringed in the sheaves, uh-huh. and we shall come rejoicing as we help people with the questions. You really think we help people? Enumerated in these sheaves. <laughs> Fuck yes, we help people, Roy. Okay. People have come up to me, people have come up to me and put their hands on my shoulder and said in hushed tones, Zach, you have helped me. Really? You helped me through hard times? Yeah. We connect with people, Roy. Okay. I couldn't have made it through, through my divorce without you. Yeah, absolutely. They, like this, this one time I was trying to figure out whether or not it was okay for me to be angry at a gas pump. And then when you provided me with an example sure, sure. Of, of a successful sure. and, and, uh, and, and, you know, you know, upstanding member of, of society who hates gas pumps. Mm-hmm. I was never ashamed of my name before, but now I hate the name Terrence. That type of thing. Yeah, sure. Roy, uh, somebody was somebody was wondering whether it was okay to have an hour long argument on the phone with the city uh, code compliance officer lady, <laughs> <laughs> which I did. Or yesterday, um, you did this. I did. Oh, <sighs> what I was trying to teach this woman. <laughs> The thing is, is that it doesn't matter. She's not in charge of whatever it was that you were upset about. <clears throat> I know. So it's not going to teach anyone anything. Here, here's something that happened, though, during this conversation. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, ma'am, if I decided to quit my job and to live out the rest of my life just, you know, eating a can of beans every once in a while... Which I could do. I could probably live. I could probably live for the rest of my life if I was willing to eat nothing but a couple cans of beans a day on uh-huh. the money that I have. Right. Uh-huh. I could live on my savings if I spent the rest of my life driving around this city, calling you and reporting every ordinance violation that I saw, hundreds a day. Mm-hmm. If I if I drove around generating literally hundreds of reports of ordinance violations every day 
Are you seriously telling me that your organization has no bureaucratic means to dismiss me as a crank? Mm -hmm. And she said, no. And I said, so you would send someone as fast as I could report them. You would send someone out to look at every single house well, just be a in backlog. the city if I reported them. And she said, yes, we would. That is our job. She said, there are people who do that. And I said, I know there are people who do that because one of them is the bitch that lives down the street from this rental property that I own. Uh huh. She said, everybody in your neighborhood is out of compliance. I said, everyone in every neighborhood is out of compliance. For doing what? The reason <clears throat> that I got a call, the reason that I got a letter from the city this time, the reason that I was threatened with a $500 fine mm -hmm. this time is because there were two squares of sidewalk that had grass growing out of a crack in them. Wow. And I called her and I uh -huh. said, listen, I, I get it and I'm going to take care of this, but don't you think that this is a waste of your time and the taxpayer's money to send me a letter mm. complaining about a three-foot area where there is some eight-inch tall grass. And she said, you're in violation of the ordinance. Mm -hmm. and I well, said, that's because the ordinance exists and their job is it to It is because them. the ordinance exists and the miserable, nosy bitch down the street who has nothing better to do than to constantly call she, the city Does on she have anything of that's out of, out of code or out of violence? I don't know. Hmm. You know, there's a part of me that thinks, you know, I'd like to, I should just start reporting her yeah, just for no reason. But the thing is, I don't want to actually waste a bunch of tax money. Sure. I, you know, because I actually have shit I got to do during the day. I don't have time to just sit there and stare at somebody's yard and measure the grass and call the city when the grass gets above a certain point. Maybe she's just lonely and needs a friend. <laughs> You should get her a cat. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm thinking. I'm pretty sure there's no city ordinance against painting a big dick on your house. Mm, there probably, there probably is. is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there isn't a city. I mean, I can put up a political sign so I can say, nosy old bitches, why don't they just die for president? <laughs> <laughs> you, you could paint it a weird color. So I thought about that, but then I thought, no, nah, that would be needlessly petty. So then I thought, what if I just print out a banner? If I spent 50 or 60 bucks, that's only one-tenth of the fines if I didn't take care of this eyesore, identical to thousands of other eyesores in thousands of other neighborhoods, uh -huh. but still totally worth involving the, the city bureaucracy about. If I just put up a banner that was like, please stop wasting taxpayer money by using the city of Mesa code compliance department as your own personal platform for bullying your neighbors. If you want me to mow the yard, just drop by and say, Hey, your grass is getting pretty tall. And then I'll mow the fucking yard. You miserable cunt. <laughs> Except I would skip that all the last part. I would skip all the profanity. Sure. That, that might be a, uh, effective actually. I don't know how the tenant would feel <laughs> about that. Then again, what fucking difference does it make how he feels about it? It's my house. Sure. Is he supposed to mow the lawn? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, no, the city the city officer says you should tell you should tell him to do a better job of mowing the lawn. And I said, "No, I shouldn't because I don't fucking care how well the lawn is mowed and neither does anybody else in the neighborhood." Mm-hmm. She said, "Everybody in the neighborhood is getting these complaints." And I said, "Right. And this is because we have established a community standard that, you know what? We're not going to worry about keeping the grass under 4 fucking inches all over the neighborhood because no one cares except this one lady. And it mm. is it is ludicrous to suggest that that lady is not the problem. To suggest that the 99 out of 100 people in this neighborhood who are totally fine with the way that their yards look are the problem and that this lady is the sole voice of reason. I think it's time for you to get into politics she and have having, that ordinance changed. She wasn't having any of it. The ordinances are fairly reasonable. The problem is the enforcement of the ordinances is done without regard to what the ordinances actually say. The first time I got into it with the city, it was because you need to mow your lawn. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, I can see how somebody would say that. But I read the ordinances and I was careful to make sure that I was not in violation of them. Right. Is this where you mowed a pattern on your lawn yeah. of yeah. the distance? That- right. Because you needed they needed 90 contiguous square feet of grass that, or weeds that were above a certain amount. And none of that. And I said, look, none of these patches are more than 90 contiguous square feet. So, like, you bring me. You bring me a notice of a vi- of an ordinance that I'm actually in violation of, and I'll do whatever you say. Came back again with some muscle who who yelled at me to mow my lawn. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, man, uh, you know, I can read. I'm not in violation of this. I'm not oh. doing shit until you bring me something. You bring me a rule that I'm actually breaking, do, and I will well, deal with okay, it. Okay, well, here's something. Do you not feel that you are also wasting the taxpayers' money by having these people come out several times? I didn't ask them to come out. Mm-hmm. They don't have to come out. When they showed up, and I demonstrated that I was not in violation of the ordinance, they should have marked down in their little computer system, this person is not in violation of this ordinance. And then that mm-hmm. should have been the fucking end of it. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't. I see. You know. Got to keep the sidewalk free of obstruction. So this fucking eight-inch tuft of grass is apparently a goddamn obstruction. Yeah, it's hard to get strollers <clears> over <throat> that. Yeah. So the code compliance. I'm really glad that lady, I don't live in that neighborhood. She's really nice. No, yeah, you should be. She's really nice, and it's not her fault. She is hassling me about this because she is trying to get that old lady off of her back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch out. Baby, look out. Don't look now. So look, There's an old lady on your back. What what this last 10 minutes of me yelling about this stuff yep. has demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt is that, is that the show isn't funny I anymore. am a fucking problem solver. And so we need to get to the problems that other people have sent into us and solve those fucking problems. For okay. Us, yeah, do it. Do but it. But first, let's have a cocktail. Okay. Roy, this week's cocktail, the horse's neck. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's called that? I don't know. I did a Google search for unusual cocktails. Oh, really? That and then up? after that, I did a Google search for simple unusual cocktails. Oh, okay. And what I found were this. the other ones that were that were difficult? There, uh, almost all of the unusual cocktail recipes that I found on Google had at least one ingredient that I had never heard of. Really? Yeah. So it would be like one ounce vodka, one ounce rum, one ounce clarumblarjla. Uh huh. Which is a South African liqueur, like your Hernandez musician. Oh, sure, true. No, churro. Ch- Chupacabra. Uh, so a horse's neck. Um, 
It's named after the lemon, the lemon spiral that looks like a horse's neck. Oh, okay, and is really wide and fat. Um, it's probably not supposed to be. I just am very, I'm very bad at zesting lemons when I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one part uh, bourbon, four parts ginger ale, ice, a couple dashes of Angostura bitters, and mm-hmm. a lemon zest. Yeah, it's pretty, I like, like it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's like a soda. It reminds me of a whiskey sour a bit. Yeah. But I think it's because it has a bourbon because in it. Because it has whiskey and lemon in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's but probably. there's no cherry. Roy, do we have any old business to take care of? We have a bit. It says at the top of this page, Zach cut his hair and now looks like a boy. Yeah, you look like a boy. Yeah. Like, like a like a child boy. Mm-hmm. You look much younger. You look like the Zach that, that I met. Almost. Yeah. Only is your hair is kind of wavy. Actually, your hair looks the way my hair looked like in high school. Yeah. Okay. Sort um, of. So people say people say uh, you look younger this way, and when I look at myself in the mirror, all of the gray that my hair is shot with is so much more obvious. Well, you're you're like that. Me. Once there was this boy who. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I measure out my life in afternoons and coffee spoons. That's uh-huh. what you're saying. Well, you're. In How come I just smoke and smoke and smoke and curse every butt I spit out, Roy? Um. Yeah. Sure. You you have lots of grays, but it's not like you couldn't see them with the ponytail. No, but I just see them more now. I don't. I mean, maybe it's because I spend more time looking at my hair. Yeah. Because I always got to fix it. I always got to look in the mirror and fix my do. Uh huh. Um. When I are was, you going to go back to the Mohawk? Uh, probably not at all. I, I I missed my opportunity to do like a two foot mohawk. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I would not have wanted to do. I would have had Could to have like rearrange my whole bedroom, or just start sleeping backwards on the bed. Backwards on the bed, like your head's hanging yeah, my head off would of hanging the... off the at the end of the bed, and then all the Whoa, pillows what? would, Were the you pillows gonna would put fall off while I'm sleeping. Like super yes. glue into yeah, it, well, so it's hard. The, what would be the point of having a two foot mohawk if it wasn't actually standing up? Oh, you you don't want it so you can put it down, like part it on each side, and then you tie it just like a pony. So it looks like you have a ponytail. Sure. Only it's 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 not really right. It looks like yeah, it's a faux. Oh man, you know what I should have gotten was like I should have gotten the Lobot, which was two feet of hair in like a bozo crescent. Yes, Ah, that would have been awesome. I don't know that I've talked on on podcasts. Yet about having cut my hair, it might it might be a oh this is a first yeah it might be this, this might the be, hair debut this might be breaking news okay yeah, yeah you yeah. cut your hair I didn't want to be I cut uh, my hair too yeah you but you like didn't a, notice you look like a butthole I did I did notice I just don't say anything about it anymore no you didn't notice yeah you're right uh, and I, I do not look like a butthole is. yeah I know I know I, I did take a before and after photos so I can put those on the mm. on the site. The photos do make me look like a butthole. Yeah. I took before, during, and after photos, but then I never want to show anybody them because my shirt's off. Oh. And I'm self-conscious. Sure. I have been juicing my I could pecs. Photoshop you a shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> what would be on it? Just a shirt with a picture of my dick on it. Sure. You have to provide me with that photo. It's less of, oh, like you don't have one. I don't. It's less embarrassing. I, you do have a picture of my balls. I do? Yeah, one time when you were taking a picture of me sitting on a couch, I uh, lifted oh, my, yeah. I lifted but that, my but pant that's leg up an, so that my balls were showing. That's an actual photo. I'd just, have to find it somewhere. Yeah, well, but I mean, that, you know, it's just this was 
this was how we treated each other. <laughs> well, this was how I treated you. Uh-huh. It's just a little treat. Yeah, I didn't know you'd done it. that when yeah. you took the photo. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty funny dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a we got a great call from our friendly neighborhood mailman about the postal service service. The call was too long uh, for the air, but the gist is this: colon. Yeah. So uh, he listened to our show. Uh, I was going to say last week. <laughs> Uh, he As listened if. to our show, and I talked about how I was returning um, credit card applications, and he broke it down this way. Uh, if you get something like that, pre-sorted mail, and it's for whatever, you can say refuse return to sender, and the postman is going to take that and put it in a bin, and then at the end of the day, it's just all thrown away. It's not actually sent back to the, the sender. If it's a first-class... Um, envelope that has a first class stamp on it the return uh, to the sender is included in that first class stamp so doing that also doesn't get the post office anything but if you open up that envelope with the credit card application and then you take the envelope that they have inside that says you know postage paid right and you fill that with the credit card application and a bunch or, of nails or a note that says fuck you or whatever you want then they do get charged for um, sending that uh, envelope back because they only get charged if it actually gets sent back and friendly neighborhood mailman that's exactly what I do but you have to open up each envelope and actually go through the effort of writing Fuck you guys. This is my own uh, rebellion. God, see, see, I just call the city lady mm-hmm. and I try to have a rational conversation with her about where the actual problems are in sure. this bureaucratic process. I, Whereas I you, don't, you are just like, I don't write fuck yeah. you. I say, please remove this name from your mailing list. Also, please accept <laughs> this complimentary depleted uranium alcoholics anonymous <laughs> token. Uh-huh. No, I don't do anything like that. I, I'm not actually Man, rude. Imagine if alcoholics I just anonymous, return it. You go a week without drinking and they give you your chip that is your week without drinking chip, mm-hmm. but it weighs like a hundred pounds. And they're like, wow. carry this, carry this as a reminder of your shame, you fucking worthless drunk. It would be a lot less popular program. <laughs> it would be. Kurt I mean, it would be really effective on certain people. Sure. Right? That would work on me. Yeah, I would, would do it. I would I would put it in my pocket. I would be like... <sighs> Only you would never go to that first meeting. That's probably true. Corinne um, and I were talking about that because I was showing uh, Cora different coins, like a penny and a dime, and how the dime was smaller than the penny, which is weird. She didn't understand what, it, what I was saying. But we were wondering, what if, um, you know, coins... Like, you have a penny, and then a dime is 10 times the size a penny is but she actually thought it'd be better if it was 10 times the weight you know and then you would keep increasing that until you got to dollar coins right which were like dinner plates yeah made of lead yeah yeah it's pretty great so this is what this is one of these things where i feel like an asshole on a recumbent bicycle (laughs) do you have one you don't have one of those no i don't no because it's like I'm, I also I, I bought a recumbent also, bow like, today. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I don't own a fedora. In fact, I'm not gonna say that I don't own two fedoras. One yeah. legacy fedora that was my grandfather's, and one that I bought when I thought <laughs> it'd be cool to have a fedora. No, uh-huh. it's like a legit fedora from back when you you know that that might wear a fedora, fedora that you bought now is uh, vintage. It is vintage, yeah. But um, I and I know that I can't leave my house wearing a fedora, but. 
I don't want to live in a world where I can't leave my house and spend a fucking dollar coin because, goddamn it, it, a dollar is little enough money that it should be a coin at this point. So you're saying with our new system of uh, monetary value and weight to coins, you wouldn't want to? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So I, I think it'd be really impressive to plop down a dollar. It US, should be also worth more. Well, you know, I, one of my favorite things about the time that I spent in England was going down to the pub, handing the bartender some fucking gold coins in exchange for a pint of ale. Sure. And I did it every time, and it never got less delightful. Right. And I tipped them, and they would say, we don't do that here. It's actually kind of insulting. We've asked you to stop coming in here. And I would say, <laughs> but I insist. <laughs> they didn't tell you it was insulting. <laughs> no, they didn't. But they just knew they they would point at you and say, tourist. Yeah. I'm like, hey, listen, I rented my flat the same as any of you. I'm wearing trainers. Sure. I took the lift here. <laughs> um, they're like, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're well, underground. I was, I was way upstairs before. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but... So the the U.S. Mint, in an effort to make mm-hmm. dollar coins, I think, because you know what, the people who spend their entire day thinking about what the currency situation in the in the United States should be like are agreed on two things: one, we should have fucking dollar coins, sure. and B, let's get rid of fucking pennies because what the fuck? It's it is insane that the government continues to spend more than one cent making something that is worth one cent, which is the amount of money nobody fucking cares about. So I pick them up if I see them. Yeah, I do for real. <clears throat> but that is only, I, I do too, but only because I'm superstitious. If so, if I see I'm a penny, not if I see a penny on the ground and it is tails up, I kick it in the hopes that it will land heads up, so that somebody else can pick it up and be lucky. Oh, if I didn't know that up, was part of I the deal. Pick it up. Well, it's what if not, it's on a crack? No, it's not. It is. This is entirely my own insanity manifesting in these in these rituals. So I, you've made up new that superstition. I to interact with the world. Uh, yes. And now that you've said this, now someone Somebody tomorrow... Else, I'm going to have infected it. It's, it's mimetic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but you know what? Whatever. <laughs> you see a penny face down? Just kick it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. See how far it can go. What if it goes into a lake? Th- then No one's going to get it. No? Then Well, then f- future uh, alien anthropologists, mm-hmm. archaeologists will find it. And they will mm-hmm. think, wow. They were They'll really, ask, Haley they really, Joe Osman, really what is enjoyed, this? They really enjoyed wasting money mm-hmm. uh, during this period of human history. Who, who man history. <laughs> but the U.S. Mint did this thing, I don't know, three years ago, where you could just buy as many dollar coins as you sure. wanted. Sure. Is that still in effect? I don't know. I haven't bothered because mm-hmm. I bought I bought $500 worth of dollar coins. Yeah. And did you spend them? I did. I used okay. all of them. I mean, you didn't took, just deposit them no, the way that no, a lot well, of people do? No, because they specifically told you not to do yeah. that because that would that Didn't really Kevin do that purpose. for a while? No, he, he actually spent them. Okay. Um, but the thing is, every time I spent one somewhere, they'd be like, oh, it's dollar coin guy. Welcome back, dollar coin guy. You sure are quirky. And I'm like, no, listen, really? man, this is fucking... Here's the problem. Your drawer doesn't have a space. Was this at the Dutch Bros? It was at the Dutch Bros. Yeah. They were just like, oh, 
there you go, you always have these things. I'm like, yep, I sure do. I always come in here spending money. I guess that's what makes me unusual is that I always show up paying for my coffee with money. With, well, with US you have real issues with these guys. Issued currency. I know. Well, when it was the girls, they were just like, oh, hee hee, that's cute. When it was the guys, they were like, what the fuck, bro? And I was like, how dare you? How dare you, 16-year-old boy? Also... Oh. What the fuck kind of racist? Yeah, why weren't you paying for your coffee with an iPhone? So, also, I don't understand what kind of racists run Dutch Bros that they are the only place within a hundred miles of my house that employs high school kids instead of just Mexicans. Because all of the jobs that high school kids would normally have are 100% held by Mexican immigrants in this city. Like, you never see, like, a 16-year-old white kid at a job here, except at Dutch Bros. Huh. I don't know that I agree with that. So, my girlfriend went through Dutch Bros the other day, and the guy at Dutch Bros... You're I, saying they're racist against Mexicans? No, I'm not. I, against white kids? No, I was saying they're racist against Mexicans, but I was just kidding. <laughs> oh. Um, so, this this now I'm really going to get them in trouble. My girlfriend went through and, and gave him a tip, and... One of the guys who worked at Dutch Bros was like, that car in front of you, every morning, he comes in and he gets a coffee, and the tip that he leaves us is a joint. Really? <laughs> yeah. Which... That makes sense. Are it, are you usually showing up after that dude? Uh, no, that would make sense. I mean, they do a pretty good job of giving me my coffee. I'm, I'm not asking them to print me a t-shirt. <laughs> this, is not a, this is not a thing where I'm suffering because of stoners. Um... That's not the kind of thing you should tell somebody, though, I think. I think you got a sweet deal going where a guy gives you a joint sure, every yeah, day. Sure, yeah, you don't want to ruin that. I mean, because what if my girlfriend is an undercover cop? They just wanted to know if she was down. <clears throat> Did I ever tell you the, the joke that my friend Aaron made up that I think is one of the finest jokes that has ever been made up in my presence? I, I don't know if you have. Um, if you ever ask a cop what his favorite movie is, he has to tell you. Otherwise, it's Entrapment starring Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> That's pretty good. It is a pretty good joke. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> you have to know that. Oh, wait. Do we have other old though. business? We do. Chris B. Oh, lets sure. us know that two guys and a girl is called a devil's three-way. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Paul tells us, as an avid gym goer, my advice for overcoming anxiety is to be comfortable with an exercise before you even step foot in the gym. For example, if you want to learn how to squat, do some research, watch some videos, and practice the motions at home with a broomstick or something. That way, when you go to the gym, you can secretly loathe everyone who has their hands as far apart as possible, thus giving you a superiority complex and boosting your confidence. XOXO. This, this also works for uh, sex maneuvers. Yeah, you practice with a broomstick and then yeah, and watch some videos. And then once you're actually there doing it, you're like, yeah, whatever, loser. Yeah. You're not nearly as good a fucking my life as I would be. Once you're in your devil's three-way. As I would be if I were actually doing it. But I'm over here fucking this broomstick. Right. Mm. I don't know that I've ever found a broom that the... Whose stick you didn't find Well, that the handle was big enough to drill a hole into that was big enough to fuck. Oh, right. Right? Because, I mean, brooms, you know, it's not like... Yeah. Yeah. We're not, you, we're not talking about like a, like, a, like, a, uh, you know, like a salami. Brooms are more in the kielbasa territory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, advice hot dog at the movies. Is that a yeah, hot dog at the movies? Our next movie will be Death Kappa next episode because that's probably a month from now. Okay. Uh, available at crunchyroll.com. You have to uh, make an account to view it, but you can do it. Death Kappa. Now... 
a segment of the show that we like to call Topics. Topics. Today's topic, comments in a forum thread. How do you feel about comments in a forum thread? You must have some thoughts on this, Roy. Uh, recently, I've been uh, reading some forum uh, threads because uh, Kevin posted some because of work. It was all about um, artwork and the use of bitmaps and you know vector artwork. And <clears throat> I found it very useful, and for the most part, it was fine. But there was one particular comment that I found um, interesting because the guy uh, comments on how the you know the information that the you know the thread was about was was interesting and good but then he at the very end adds a little uh i guess a dig about their misuse of the word than or using that instead of than and he quotes it you know and he puts it into little quotations and stuff but he also had a grammatical error in his own comment Mm-hmm. which was the exact same mistake that he was pointing out. And I wonder about that. Why go through the effort of trying to correct somebody else's typo when you know it's a typo? Yeah. Why is that important? Typing that instead of than is not a thing that anybody doesn't know. It is It is just mm-hmm. a... <clears throat> and yeah. also making the same mistake in the same comment. The internet turns people into assholes. Hmm. Why is that? I don't know. I really don't. I think it's because uh, your handle can be Blistex number forty four right. instead of your name and address. Yeah, and people I mean, know who no, you are. There's no, there's no accountability. I mean, that, you know, the general general wisdom is that anonymity turns people into assholes. By the way, you know? Blistex number forty four is my handle, so don't don't try and copy it. Don't take it. it. Don't take it. Um, you know, for the last ten years, I have had to spend spend a significant amount of time evaluating anonymous internet feedback about the creative work that I have done. Hmm. Like this is just a fixture in my life is reading people talking on the internet about the stuff that I've done Mm -hmm. for a living. And you go in these waves of wanting to kill yourself and then wanting to kill everyone else besides you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, back and forth and and then not caring at all. Eventually you make, you make peace with it. You learn, you learn that, like, as soon as somebody gets nasty, you just stop listening to them. And hmm. then you try to explain that to them, and they say, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter what my tone is. What's important is that I'm right, and the things that I'm saying are true. Ah. And you say, ah, ha, ha, I used to believe that, too, back when I was a total fucking asshole. And I don't blame all of the people who did not listen to me and who told me I was an asshole mm-hmm. uh, and forced me to... to I don't know, grow up 10% of the way towards being a, the, the adult that I am now. I feel like I'm 10, I'm about 10%. <laughs> I'm about 10% of the way towards being an adult now. I know to ignore people who are being assholes to me on okay. the internet, but I don't know not to spend an hour arguing with the sure. city lady on yeah. the phone. I'm, I'm glad you brought that around because about uh, it's I was not thinking my, about It's it. not my fault that this bitch has nothing to do except call and report people. <sighs> hmm. I go alone to a lot of small venue concerts, and I never know when the show is going to start. Invariably, if I show up near door opening time, I end up sitting around for two hours and enduring many bad opening bands following that. If I show up late, I end up missing the act I was there to see. How can I predict when I should show up or endure the boring time waiting for them? Larry. Well, you could just drink a lot. 
You could. Uh, you could also just listen to your own music while you're waiting. Sure, you could take headphones in. You could take. You could take a boombox in. Like, ah, yeah. Like uh, old school. What I was gonna say was uh, John Cage style. <laughs> uh-huh. You could play a boombox just playing silence, several minutes of silence, or or a, a boombox that you just shoveled hay into. <laughs> Um, was that a John Cage piece? Yeah, there was a John Cage piece that involved playing the piano while somebody with a pitchfork shoveled hay into, huh. the, into, the, into the body of the grand piano. You know, I discovered that Pandora has its own John Cage station. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it does. It's just other artists that recorded it at long periods of silence. He did pieces that had some noise. <laughs> okay. Um, what I meant was uh, John Cusack. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but you said John Cage. I, I did. just went with it. Well, I Nicholas. That is who I thought like of. Nicholas. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Um, oh, why? Why have those guys never done a movie together? Yeah, I don't know. They're essentially the they same. They should dude. do a biopic about John Cage, uh-huh. which is played by both of them, uh, Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus style. <laughs> sure. <laughs> After he dies, he's played by Nicholas Cage. And you think John Cusack's going to die first? No, 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 John, no, I'm saying the, the, it's a biopic of John Cage that doesn't stop when John Cage died. Ah, so during the parts it. of the story where John Cage is still alive, he's played by John Cusack. Oh, and then and after then he the dies, after, after. He, he comes back as the vengeful spirit ghost rider played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Got it. Yep. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah this I like pretty, it. All right. So I'm basically, Larry, that. what you do is you... you you carry this screenplay that we've just written with you all the time. And if you're mm-hmm. ever bored, you just go up to the sexiest lady in the bar and you and say, have her proofread hey, it for read, you. You want to proofread my screenplay? I'm afraid that I typed that instead of van several times <laughs> and that nobody is going to understand what's going on. And then I'm going to be exposed as a fraud. But you'll still have your good spot for the band you want to see. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, because I mean, <laughs> She's probably going to leave, and then you'll have yeah, your you choice of two chairs. stand where she was standing. Yep. <laughs> you, just keep, you just keep approaching people who are standing closer and closer to the stage, asking them to help you proofread your screenplay. Ah, this is a great plan. Yeah, and then you just throw it on the stage for the band to proofread. Jonathan writes, How do you both feel about dollar theaters? Well, I think they'd be better if they accepted coins <laughs> as the entry fee. Um, I, you know, dollar theaters aren't dollar theaters anymore. I mean, you pay several dollars, but I like them. I've been able to see some movies that I still wanted to see in the theater that were older. I, well, I, I recently went and saw Jurassic Park in the theater, even though it is 20 years old. Sure, but that's been re-released. $36. Oh, really? Yeah, for three of us, but, oh, okay. but still. You had to buy three seats. <clears throat> no, I did. I did. I well, mm-hmm. because I mean, I bought one seat, but because of uh, Samuel L. Jackson's tour de force uh, suspenseful performance, I only needed the edge. But then yeah. I needed another edge for my popcorn and another edge for my soda. Sure. I had to buy three seats. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Who is he in it? He's like the he's like the operations director of the park. He says, "Hold oh. on to your butts." And then later on, his severed arm uh, is in a scene where Laura Dern thinks that she's like, oh, thank God you're, oh, wait, it's just your severed arm. Fuck. Oh. Ah. Sure. She screams. I went to a fancy theater where uh, you sit in a recliner like and they bring you theater, bring you uh, uh, food service. I wish there was something like a dollar that was more. So like is like the opposite. Like a $2 dollar. theater? Well, no, like, like if there was some word that meant like $40. Hmm. Uh, you know, like, so let's say like a sawbuck, like a sawbuck theater, sure. except like 
like eight uh-huh. of those. Uh, do you want to go to the dollar theater? No, let's go to the eight Sawbuck theater. Uh huh. That's awkward. Like, like when we went to the fancy theater, we had to pay a fortnight of dollars. Sure, like a like a like fourteen. Uh huh. Each. Yeah. Okay. It was actually fifteen. Fortnite oh, well, plus plus a, a dollar bake, a baker's Fortnite. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I really like the experience. I I would say uh uh go go do that. Except that I didn't like having our bill given to us while we were still watching the movie and having to pay for it while we were still watching the movie. Oh yeah. You know, next time I'll just put out a card or whatever and say, "Hey, take care of this yourself." Yeah, hey, what the fuck, bro? I'm go, watching go. a movie. I'm watching a movie. It was, here. It was a lady. Oh, sis. sis. What the hell, sis? What the hell, sis? And in Spain, they say uncle or aunt. Oh, tío, tía. Uh huh. Yeah, Yeah. that's like a young person. You just say like a guy. That's what you would say. Hmm. So they they have that. Yeah, it's like saying cuz. Hmm. There really is no girl equivalent of bro. No. You could say sis though. I I like that. Sort of making fun of me once because my default, like if there was, I was talking to the guy at a drive-through, I'd be like, ah, thanks, bro. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I also don't like it when someone addresses me at a like yesterday. I was at a Home Depot, and uh, the guy said, "Hey, do you do you need any help, dude?" And it was a guy in his forties. Like you should know better. See, when a guy in his forties calls you, dude, you think he's trying too hard. I I feel that way, even if it's someone younger. I don't I don't want to be their friend. I want them to be friendly. Yeah, but you don't feel like, I mean, I feel like if somebody calls me, I, so man is okay, like, ah, thanks, man. Hey, you need any help, man? That makes me feel like, oh, I would actually ask that guy. If they say, do you need any help, sir? I'm going to be like, fuck you, get away from me. Oh, I. So if they say, do you need any help, essay? I, <laughs> I like, tighten my Kevlar vest around me. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, because you think they're going to jump you. Yeah. I you don't need to say any of it. Do you need any help, Paisano? May I help you? <laughs> do you need any help? Yeah. Do you need any help, buddy? No, you know no, you can't. I, you can't I don't just like stop there. I don't do you need like any help? May I help you? You don't need to say. No, May I help you, sir? Like, that sounds like somebody's grandma asking. That's if you what want I always know said. Where the nails are. And people like me. Yeah, well, that, because said, people, really because polite. people like their grandmas. Uh-huh. They're like, yeah, hey, you, you yeah so me, what's wrong with that? You're polite, like my grandma. You remind me of my grandmother. Yeah. Hey, hot dogs. I was in a bad car accident recently, and now I can't get behind the wheel of a car without getting really, really anxious about getting into another one. I'm talking pounding heart, dry mouth, and white knuckles on the steering wheel. I was hit while taking a left turn, and now I find myself avoiding them whenever possible. Any advice besides the obvious? And then he puts in parenthetical, seeking professional help. I mean, that wasn't really the most obvious advice that sprung to my mind. Thanks. Oh, God, it's coming right at me in Ohio. Wait, what was the obvious uh, advice? Seeking, seeking professional oh, help okay. was the obvious advice. We so, are professional. <clears throat> we are professionals. At, well, I mean, we have professions. Uh, if, if this was recently, it couldn't have been that bad, right? Because you could still type. Well, sure. Nah, he was. I, like, I know this guy. He was. He was. He was laid up for a while. Oh, he was. Yeah, he had okay. a hard time. He had a hard time doing his podcasts because of the painkillers. Oh, okay. So the, that was very different from the, the accident I was in, which was also cash. a left hand turn. Yeah, yeah. When did that happen? A few years ago. Yeah. I talked about it on the podcast. A few years ago. Yeah, yeah that's why. Podcast I had... for a few years. Yeah, uh, we have been actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't have the material to reflect it. So when I was in my mid twenties, my uh, anxiety issues sort of came to a crazy head, and 
I got to the point where I couldn't really eat except under very controlled circumstances. Yeah, you can eat at a restaurant. Without having a panic attack. Restaurants made it the worst. But I mean, even like just eat like a cafeteria. I still basically, I will never again eat in a cafeteria for the rest of my life because that is, I, I like, I will get one bite into the meal and then I will be so flooded with adrenaline from the panic reaction that I endure that I won't my appetite will be gone and I will just want to huh. flee the room. And I, do you I, have superhuman strength at the moment? Uh, well for when a second, happens, for yeah. a second. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I can put my tray away real fast when that, huh. do you I think, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know you want to uh, share I, no, this, but, no, I but I, I want to know if you think there's some kind of scheme where what you could do is you could channel all of that adrenaline and energy into like a sexual encounter. Like maybe you could have some kind of like, S- sex cafeteria. No, the thing about uh, the thing about having a real serious adrenaline reaction is it is like being in a swimming pool filled with ice water in terms of the oh. way that your your weenor reacts mm. uh, to the situation. Okay. So it was really kind of a problem. Like I I lost a bunch of weight, you know, which was great. Like I look back on that now and I'm like, oh man, I could really I deal with that right now like go for some panic i wish i was too anxious to eat without without freaking out the way that i dealt with it is not going to work for you in this particular case because (laughs) it was just to get real drunk every time i wanted to eat sure right and so i wouldn't eat anything for a couple days and then i would get drunk and i would eat a big meal because i could eat a big meal without panicking and then i would be alive but this was happening even by yourself at home I eventually got to the point where I had built up enough like little rituals that I could deal with it. You know, like I, I was like, all right, well, I was able to eat this one kind of sandwich without panicking. So this one kind of sandwich is safe. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. It's like finding, finding out what you're allergic to. It's crazy. It's crazy. But we are crazy, right? Like we, we are built to avoid situations that have been demonstrated to us to be dangerous. You're built and to survive. We are we are flooded with the irrational desire to escape from things that caused us harm. It when you get sick after eating something, you don't it it can take you years to get back to the point where you want to eat that thing again even if you know that it had nothing to do with you getting sick. Mm. It's just it is just a short-circuiting of mechanisms that have been evolved into us for for hundreds of thousands of years right that particular thing doesn't work on me it doesn't happen to you not with food no it does me i mean i like basically no milk since i was 10 yeah the and none of those food things yeah like i once got sick from eating sushi and i had to make myself throw up i wanted to eat sushi the next day Uh, it it does not that that particular thing i understand the other things though so it sucks that driving is one of the... And, you know, it's weird. I've known a lot... Like, here's the other thing. Driving is fucking terrifying. It is. It is so dangerous. It is so easily the most dangerous thing that anybody oh does. Oh, my God, yes. And it's like, how the fuck do we just thoughtlessly do this? How do we... Like, why do I, cars even have radios? Why mm-hmm. Why would you, in the depths of your depravity, Marquis de Sade, put a fucking distracting machine inside this thing that is probably going to kill you. Statistically speaking, whatever, 
if anything kills you in the next 10 years, it is probably going to be this. Or heart disease. Not in the next 10 years. Hmm. Plus, this guy's like 10 years younger than us, so he's oh, probably okay. especially safe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was at the library with, with uh, Cora, and she was in a Bjorn, and I had an old lady stop me and tell me how I shouldn't carry her in that thing because I could fall fall down and kill her by falling down on her. Huh. That Which, seems extremely unlikely. Sure, but she backed it up because she had a friend that that happened mm. to and never got over it it's which like i understand policeman who always arrests people for riding their bikes the wrong way on the street because he had a buddy who died that way sure or yeah. your friends that uh hated uh what light like lighters and cigarettes or something it was something about um he had a friend yellow or light yeah riff doesn't like yellow lighters because they're bad luck because he had like two buddies that got Arrested? No, no. You knew someone in college that uh, had a freak accident where a spark hit a lighter no, that was in their was pocket. No, a friend or of something. his dad's. A friend, a friend of his, of his dad dad's. had a lighter in his pocket while he was welding, and a spark hit the lighter, and the lighter blew up, and it killed the guy. Sure. And so he he was like, "Do not fuck around with lighters." Like we would, you know, we would just like, "Oh, let's turn this lighter up all the way. Let's break the end off this lighter and turn sure. it into a little flamethrower." He would get super pissed mm-hmm. when we were fucking around with lighters because you know of that. Right. And. So with this lady, my my first thought, which I did not share with her, I just immediately wanted to disengage, was, you know, we drove here in a car, which is much more dangerous by far than me perhaps falling down. Like she said, the best thing would be to just carry her all the time. Because if I fell, I could throw her to the side to save her. That is not actually uh, more effective. Yeah. So... I'm trying to imagine what I would do if I was in this situation where driving triggered these anxiety reactions. Mm -hmm. And it's tricky, right? I think what I would probably do is I would go out in the middle of the night and I would just drive around the block a hundred times, turning left, thinking, all right, I'm turning left and not freaking out. Okay. Ten seconds later, I'm turning left and not freaking out. I'm turning left and not freaking out. I'm turning left and not freaking out. And I do it a hundred times and I think, all right, sure, okay, but brain, turning left does not freak you out. Okay. I mean... But it's going to be a slightly different situation when there's an oncoming car. That's why turning left is... Right, but... but You're saying train your brain yeah, first. Yeah, I mean, because, because it is every, everything... Every minute that we spend not just screaming with existential terror is a minute that we've been able to trick ourselves into not acknowledging the reality of our situation, Mm -hmm. right? So when... You know what seems to help with that is taking Tylenol, apparently. You think? Yeah, there's a study that proves it. That that Tylenol uh, Tylenol is an effective deterrent against existential terror. Apparently, yes. Yeah. So... What what I'm saying, like, yes, I, I get it. I get what you're saying, that this isn't a real thing, but it doesn't matter if it's a real thing. Like, this is not, it's not, it is not an effective substitute, but it doesn't have to be an effective substitute. I wouldn't it say that it's not a real work, thing. Right. I mean, that is a real fear, and it's an understandable fear. Yeah. But it's so, it is so hard to escape. Like, once you get an anxiety, like, and, and I mean, this may not be true for most of our listeners, but for the ones who actually have, like, serious anxiety problems, like, for the ones who just have, like, fucking the broken nervous system that turns you into the, the man you see before you today in my chair, it, so much of your life is just tricking yourself into not freaking the fuck out all the time and trying to actually accomplish something with your day. 
Mm-hmm. But that anxiety is also what drives you to do shit in the first place. Because otherwise, you'd just be like, I'm going to get stoned and eat potato chips and play video games and be totally fucking happy with that. Not for everyone. Yeah. It happens to work for you. Yeah. Um, now, I was not in a very severe accident. And it could have been. But um, I also became very, very wary of the car. And to this, I mean, even before then, I don't like driving. And I find it very, very... Uh, nerve-wracking i still do you know when i hate being in the car when i had a motorcycle as a kid my dad tried to tried to instill in me and it was the same with guns like you need to be a little bit afraid of this sure i feel that way about electricity right you don't need to cower in terror of it all the time like don't let it don't let it ever do anything bad to you Like, Mm -hmm. you can't let the fear actually cause problems, but you need to maintain that fear. You need to maintain, you know, because... Table saws. You're not going to love guns. You're not going to love electricity. And so the the ways that you acquire respect are via love or via fear. And a motorcycle does not have the option of you loving it and thus being really careful while you ride it. So it has to come from fear. And, you know, so you should be afraid while mm-hmm. you're in a car so you can't just like you can't just like be drunk all the time i mean you can yeah. you know um i'm I, a perfect example of that i avoid le- left-hand turns if i can in most instances if i'm in a parking lot and whatever i i will you know sometimes even go around a block you know i avoid left-hand turns in a traffic just because <clears> i don't want to wait not because i think it's well dangerous. that's it. well i was going to talk about that is uh you're a more efficient driver if you take fewer left-hand turns because you're not uh spending the time waiting and burning gas yeah. well right but if you so it's greener but if you're constantly going around the block to avoid a left-hand turn, sure you're waiting you're just, longer i'm just saying plan out gas. your trips right only go to the right so get a new apartment that only requires right turns to get to work and your mm-hmm. bar and then yeah, have those be around the corner on the opposite end of the block where you live. Or just move into an apartment above a bar. I mean, if you're and, that close, you should just walk. And get a job polishing the pool table <laughs> at that bar. And then you never have to leave. Yeah. Oh, that's a great job. Yeah, you can move to a city. Sure. But you don't have to have a car. Mm-hmm. You don't have to turn left. Then, you know. I would really like to not have a car. Yeah, me too. I need a car to move, uh, you know, wood and stuff around. But To move wooden stuff around. Wood and stuff. Oh. It's not always wood. Sometimes I move things like that aren't toilet. wood. For a while, I had a toilet in the bed in my truck. Um, and then one time I took a corner too fast and the toilet broke in half. And then after that, I decided that it was fun to just drive as erratically as possible so that the toilet would break into smaller and smaller mm-hmm. pieces so that I could dispose of them. A little by little. Yeah, a little by right? little, just in bushes. And <laughs> I thought it was dumpsters. Yeah, you know, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Other people's truck beds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty good. Ah, man. I hate going to the dump. And uh, it seems to be a theme in my life, the things that I will do to avoid taking things to the dump. Huh. Burning them in a wash tub. Oh, uh, that, just that breaking, type of thing. Breaking them into pieces so that I can s- slowly discard them in the exercise mm-hmm. yard like Andy Dufresne. I think I've I've only gone to the dump once Yeah, since I've lived here. I had to make a lot of trips to the dump uh, right when, when we were you know in, in Prescott where we lived after high school because uh, I had to recover a lot of dead skunks 
and then drive them and drop them off at the dump and pay what? the why didn't you just bury them six dollar dead like animal in a, fee. a mass grave i guess i should have uh, we didn't want to contaminate the drinking water with poisoned skunks i i don't think that happens you don't think <laughs> no because wow. skunks just die out in the wilderness on their own yeah but not they don't die as a result of you poisoning them with poison that you put in cat food cans <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my idea yeah okay uh, Chris B says, what are your thoughts on Spaceballs movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I liked it. I, I, I haven't seen it in a really long time. I had the novelization of Spaceballs <laughs> as a kid, and I read that a lot. Did you read it before you saw the movie? I don't remember. I think maybe. Really? Yeah. Oh, and this started you on, uh, if there's a source book, you have to read the source. But that probably wasn't written before the movie. Yeah, I'm guessing that it wasn't. Yeah, it was the acclaimed novel Spaceballs that was so popular that they <laughs> made a They're finally going to turn it. that into a movie. Yeah. Oh, man, who do you think they're going to get to play Lone Star? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I You know, it's a silly movie but a lot of the stuff i still remember really well you know i like john candy but john candy was the billy crystal of Spaceballs. hmm wasn't billy crystal also in Spaceballs? was he wasn't he the yoda character no no it was mel brooks it was mel brooks yeah huh okay yeah it seems like maybe the kind of thing where billy crystal would have been in there somewhere but I remember uh, thinking that Pizza the Hut didn't really make any sense because there were pieces falling off of him, and, yeah. and what kind what, of was he eating them? What kind of no? The robot no. guy was eating them, and what? Ah, oh, you're delicious. What kind of what <laughs> that was kind the of line. Organism is that? Like what? Yeah, I don't know. Like a, it seems like I could imagine. Like I. So what I understood. But he's generating as a kid new pizzas. I right? get how they filmed this. They oh. just put a pepperoni on top of that and let it slide off. But that's not a thing mm-hmm. that could really be sustainable in a life form. Sure. So I was like, I don't believe any of this. Oh, okay. And you don't yeah. think they actually went to space or that oxygen was running out of that planet? No, they had the. And there they was Perrier. The, they had the canned air. Yeah. Um. I didn't. I didn't know about Perrier when uh, I saw that movie, though. So it wasn't as funny. The 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 combination to the to the atmospheric shield on planet Druidia was uh, one two three four five. Huh. It was the same as his luggage combination. Ah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, that way you don't have to remember two passwords. Mm-hmm. It's useful. That's handy. <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. It is a pretty good movie. The more I think about it, the more I like it. <laughs> Except for John Candy's. I mean, I, you know, I know I'm a big fan of John Candy. Mm. You can't really say anything bad about a dead guy. I'm Mus- sure you I mean, can say terrible yeah, things Mussolini, about dead guys. Mussolini was kind of a dick. And, uh, and uh, uh, Genghis Khan was a real warmonger. Yeah, he was. Damn. And he killed a lot of suddenly people. Suddenly it's Genghis Khan? Apparently it's always been Genghis Khan. We've just always been saying it wrong. Genghis Khan. The, the most con of all. Howdy says, or maybe just somebody, no, Jen just says, howdy. Well, it says howdy, colon. Yeah. I don't, your editorializing is just confusing me, Roy. Could you tell me the notes slash chords you play on the accordion for the music bits of the podcast? I'm taking lessons and would like to play those. Oh, that's uh, sweet. Thanks, Jen. 
So I don't really know anything about. Did you just make some shit up? Yeah, but it's it, so it's like a four five one. So so like the the buttons, the bass buttons on the left side of an accordion are a grid, and one line is just a circle of fifths. Like each key is five steps above the previous key. So what that does is that you can just put your finger on a key of the accordion, your middle finger on the key of an accordion, and you can start out in that, and then your fingers on either side of it are four and five relative to it. So it makes it real easy to play accordion music, where it's like, because those two keys are adjacent. I see. And then moving in the opposite direction it's like there's a major chord and then a minor chord and then a diminished chord. And then if you go in the other direction, it's like down a few steps so that you can get from like C to B. I guess it's down one step. Um, But imagine the easiest possible thing to play on an accordion. Mm -hmm. And that's that's it. And that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. It's just like a four, five, one, and then... I don't know where the note is that starts the little flourish on the right side. Have you ever played it twice? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, well, I, and then I did the chiptunes version of it for video games, hot dog. I mean, yeah, but I like, thought you just, no, I mean, the... it's not like I like can't remember it. I could probably pick up the accordion and play something similar to it again. But how did you expect me to masturbate without a new episode of advice hot dog each week? Frustrated in Florida. I'm really sorry. Yeah, me too. I've been waiting that once a week. Yeah, Jesus Christ. He's been holding a lot in. That is rough. Well, I mean, on the bright side, it probably made you a better swimmer. I live in northern Minnesota and we are still getting a feet of or we are still getting feet of snow despite it being mid-April. Is there any way I can get rid of snow without shoveling or snow blowing or paying someone to do it? I am poor. Thanks a lot. Sincerely, Dreary and Duluth. Hmm. I mean, you could just set a car on fire. And sort of roll the car towards the snow that you were trying to no. get rid of. To keep the sidewalks free of snow, um, I would just put tarps out so that the snow falls on the tarps. No snow on your on your uh, sidewalk. Oh, you just go out and kind of shake the tarps off. Yeah. Oh, you're just saying you can just sit there looking at the snow, secure in the knowledge that the snow yeah, you isn't know that the snow sidewalk. isn't on the sidewalk. Yeah, I mean that's how I understand this question. Okay. Although, um, if since you are poor, you're probably going to have to use bed sheets. Michael K. writes, How do I find what will make me happiest in life? And I mean like in a broad, fulfilling way, not just sex and weed and video games. Hmm. Do you have any advice for this guy? Like real advice? Yeah. Uh, I mean, sex and weed and video games uh, are things that make people happy. Yeah. But, um, you know, what, what is the thing that <clears throat> you need to do in order to not go crazy as part of it? Well, so you were suggesting to me earlier that not everyone who does things in their life is motivated by soul-crushing anxiety. If sure, I don't. wasn't using... But you weren't saying <laughs> that you're not like I wasn't that. saying that was okay. me. All right. Although uh, my motivations have shifted. You right, because you have a kid now. Even before then. So um, now your your goal in life is to just make sure nobody fucks your daughter. Yeah, that's a good one. 
Um, my motivations now are to be happy. And what is it that I find uh, makes me really happy? As opposed to not being crazy. Because, I mean, basically the way that I determine what I need to do in order to fulfill myself is every morning my first conscious thought is, fuck, I'm eventually going to die. I better. And then whatever it is that pops into my head, that's what I do. Huh. And I sometimes I always checked the Penn and Teller's uh, Twitter account or something. First thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't understand the joke that you're making. I'm sorry. No, I, can't, I, I thought I, can't, I, I thought I can't you always yes check Penn's, Penn's uh, Twitter account every. Uh, Whose who's Twitter feed? Is that has that you never. Look? That has never ever oh, been okay. a thing. I'm sorry, Ron. Well, maybe no. you should start. No, 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 no. It's just. It's just. It's just. Every morning, mm-hmm. consciousness is heralded by existential crisis, panic about something. Whatever that something is, mm-hmm. that's what I do to stave off the madness until it's late enough to start drinking again. Hmm. I mean, sometimes the panic w- just wakes me up. Mm-hmm. Like it, it has happened to me often where I wake up at two or three in the morning and then I can't go back to sleep. Yeah, because you're going to die eventually. It's not because I'm going to die. It's, it's sort of like, um, well, I, I guess it is because I'm going to die. You know, the time is running out. It's not even the fear of death. It's sort of just not doing, accomplishing right, the things the fear that of I... failure. No. It's the fear it's, of letting down the world. It's the, it's the fear of depriving... It's, it's the fear of still being in line before getting to the ride. Hmm. Before they shut down the park. Huh. Wow. You know, it's, it's just wanting to get there. Uh, I mean, I, I've realized recently for, for myself is that I really haven't been making any sort of artwork for the past, you know, two or three years, any real serious artwork. And I need to go back to that. Otherwise, um, all the things that I'm doing now are not going to be worthwhile to me anymore. You need to hire someone to make breakfast for you. You know, breakfast is not the issue. I know it seems expensive, Roy, but it, a lot of people would kill for an extra four hours a day uh-huh. to be able to do. You know, what I, I get up at six every morning now. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll fudge it. Six, right. So you get, up at, you get up at six, and you have to. And your 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 only constraint is that you mm-hmm. have to finish making breakfast before McDonald's stops selling breakfast. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you only have four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So you can always do it. Mm-hmm. It's just not always easy. Yeah, you know, my my schedule's changed a lot. Has it? Yeah, it has. Well, you have to get up and you have to get up and teat the baby. <laughs> yes, I have to teat the baby. Is <laughs> is your baby is your baby still on the teat? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, okay. Is she also eating like a sandwich? Mm, not quite a sandwich. She only has two teeth, uh, and they're on they... the same side. Wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, they are has they two are bottom they teeth. Cool, at least. Yeah, they're cool. Okay. Is I she, mean, is she, she works on. Is she real upset? No. No. She's she. You know, they were hard. They hurt her when they came in, but now they've been fine. It seems like she has more coming in now because she's been sticking out her tongue a lot and holding onto her tongue with her hand. See, I imagine what I would do if I had a baby and the baby started teething. I would be like, "Let's just get this over with." And so I would, I would open cut the, into their gums. No, I would open the baby's mouth and I would bite 
the baby's lower jaw uh-huh. and just grind my own teeth against the baby's gums until, until you all of reach teeth until all of the baby's teeth were exposed uh-huh. and then I'd be like yeah that's fine and then I would drink some of the baby's rich rich young blood to, <laughs> to uh, keep you young to, yeah to refresh my own to replenish my own life energy sure yeah I would also have my assistant Renfield eat spiders for me uh-huh. <laughs> um, Roy Yes. If somebody wanted to get some advice from us, how how would they how would they do it? I mean, I guess you did say specifically from us. I would just suggest that they uh, write to some other podcast. Sure. I mean, you'd be better off just writing a letter, putting it in a bottle, and then throwing the bottle in a fire. Yeah, that's in a fire. Well, yeah, I mean, and count like, how long it takes to to melt. And that's the answer. Hmm. <clears throat> I think our lovely listeners would go to our website, which is called advicehotdog.com, and there they would see a link to our Gmail, advicehotdog at Gmail, facebook.com slash advicehotdog, or you could follow us at Twitter. You act like it's such a chore. (laughs) Well, they, they all know it. They know how to, you know. There's Gmail, Roy, Twitter, Facebook. Roy, there's a telephone or the postal service. They all know what show they're listening to, and yet every time we start off by introducing ourselves and saying, "And this is Advice Hot Dog," they because may not know. we are establishing a fucking brand, Roy. Uh huh. What segment are we on now? We have to build our brand identity. <laughs> you can follow us at Twitter. Wait a minute, was that a dig at me for not understanding the structure of this podcast? Oh, I don't know. At Advice Hot Dog. Or you can uh, give us a telephone call at 769-218-9225. That spells out R-O-Y-218-Z-A-C-K. And eventually I should probably listen to those and see. Every once in a while I get a text message uh, that's a transcript that is a useless fucking Google transcript. I, I mostly see the transcript not not available. Mm. Or you can send us a postcard or a- anything you would like at Advice Hot Dog, P.O. Box 41774, Mesa, Arizona, 85274. Uh, Roy, I see in this ads, plugs, uh, thanks uh, section that this episode is brought to you by Word Realms, a game where words can hurt. Mm-hmm. You can find it at wordrealms.com probably real soon, at least by the time we have another episode. Word Realms, the island of the mysterious math wizard. Yeah. Uh, also, play it. Bob's Burgers. What? You still haven't watched it. Watch it. You won't regret it. Was this you talking to me or us talking to our listeners? Take it how you like. Uh, if you like the podcast, please tell your friends and give us a rating on iTunes. It's free. Don't be a dick or dickus. Uh, like, is that dickus like the Roman? Dickus. A dickus. Okay. A dick tricks. <laughs> Dick tricks. Please. Ray, Please. Are you ready for a stinger? I sure am, Zach. Jonathan writes, a plate of buffalo wings or a turkey drumstick? Oh. You know what I've realized recently? <laughs> what so have I went, you realized? I went, to, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings with my lady friend. Hmm, you got a, okay, a turkey so, drumstick. So about a month ago, when my lady friend was, uh, was out of town uh, visiting her internet friends club in, in uh, Tennessee... I tried to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and failed. I was driving. I looked up where Buffalo Wild Wings was, and I was, <laughs> and I found it. And so I uh-huh. drove down there, and I was like, "Up ah, there's Buffalo Wild Wings." So I need to turn right and park and go inside this building. But when I got into the building, I realized that it was a different restaurant that was just next to Buffalo Wild Wings. 
Was I, I and then went, you just got in your car and went back no, home? No, no. I just ordered some... I ordered a beer. I had already ordered a beer before I realized I was in the wrong oh, restaurant. I see. Okay. And so I just ate there. And it was pretty good. Uh-huh. What did they serve? Uh, what was their thing? It was like a pizza and pasta place, but I got chicken wings because I was like, well, fuck. I <laughs> That's can't. what you wanted? Yeah. And then I don't remember what the place was called, but then when I went to Buffalo Wild Wings later, I saw it and I was like, oh, right. It had a real stupid name. What was it? it? Was, I don't... It was like... Boom Shakalaka Brew Pub or something. Oh, really? Yeah, it was fucking ridiculous. Huh. It was not at all. It was not at all in correspondence with what the place was actually like. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was a real family restaurant. It was fine. It was. It was nice. They had a lot of good beer on tap. They and they had. They had some. Uh, they had. Did some, they actually make their own beer? No. Okay. No. I, I don't know. Yeah, a, no, a bre- yeah, brewery. I probably didn't mean that when I okay. said that. Okay. Anyway, but I went back to Buffalo Wild Wings and and uh, and ate some wings again. This is, this is the same day? <clears throat> no, this is like a month later. This is what always happens to me. I want chicken wings, and so I order some chicken wings, and then I eat one of them, and I'm just done. Eating them? Yeah. I'm just like, I don't I don't want any more. Uh, just, just get yourself a jar of wing sauce. Really? Just put that just, on whatever you just want. put it on whatever. Yeah. Then, then you can just pretend like, oh, I had a dozen wings over the course of four days when I had a sandwich with well, wing sauce on it. Well, it's not the wings. It's the, it's the sauce. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's, it's mostly the sauce. But I get a wing. You know, what What I really want are uh, turkey wings. Why isn't that a thing? Like yeah. gigantic turkey buffalo wings. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, I would, I would totally eat that. So sometimes there's one night at Buffalo Wild Wings where it's leg night where they just sell chicken legs in mm. their wing sauces. So you don't have to eat the, um, you know, the I, I, two you know, bones. I used to be excited. I used to be almost 100% I want the little drummies from the wings. But now I'm like, no, I like the wing part. I oh, like those better. Even the tip? Do you yeah. like it when a wing place uh, keeps the tip on there? Uh, you know, I don't mind it. I don't. It's, but you it's can just, hold on to it. It's just some extra garbage. I mean, you know, it's some some just some more. But you never say no uh, to some more wasted flesh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. But seriously, one wing is always the number of wings that I want. Really? Yeah. Every That's time not I not the same. Every for time me. I order like so, I feel like what I want is I want one wing an hour for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> That's the number of chicken wings that I want. Huh. Do you but think I never, that's a service? But you I never want subscribe to. So we used to when we would go to when we would go to uh, San Diego for Comic Con, we would sometimes be in an apartment that was near that Bash's that sold the zesty wings yeah. in the deli. You get a you got, oh, and then you just pick. We would get a big bucket. We would get a big bucket of zesty wings in the fridge and just once an hour go up and eat one. Throw the bones in the trash. Wash your hands. Walk away. Mm-hmm. Once an hour, one chicken wing an hour for the rest of your life. So. If I had to choose between a dozen buffalo wings, a plate of buffalo wings, I'm assuming a plate is a dozen, or one turkey drumstick, I would choose the turkey drumstick because mm-hmm. I'll actually eat the whole thing because that is also the exact right number of turkey drumsticks to eat. Also, oh, it's just one. It's more about the number. Yeah. Plus, they're always... Sometimes you get a bad one. You go to you go to like the shitty ghetto Renaissance Festival, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we just roasted this turkey drumstick. We didn't smoke it. We didn't put it on. We didn't put it atop a a, a thoughtful mesquite fire. We we just like we just microwaved it. Uh-huh. We just put a raw. We put a really turkey. It we in. put a live turkey in the microwave and ran it for a while, and then just pulled one of its legs off. And here it is, talon still attached." <laughs> 
I mean, for badassness, you you might want want to eat that. Well, no, then you go down to staves by gust. You buy a stave or mm-hmm. a sta- staff. I think is the similar. Then you go somewhere else, buy a goat skull. <clears throat> you mount the goat skull on top of the staff, and then you hang the turkey talon from one of the horns you of the goat. You mean they're using microwaves at the Ren Fair to cook those? Well, they are in the back. They hide them from you. Huh. They, you know, so here, here's, a, here's a secret. The dark secret of the Ren Fair is that the Mountain Dew that you buy is not authentic artisanal medieval Mountain Dew. It isn't? No, they have an actual machine in the back with carbonated water and, oh. and a tank of... So what you're saying, it is present time behind when those gates. There, yeah, when yeah, there there are portals behind each wench uh-huh. uh, that lead to present day. Huh. It's like a kind of time travel. All right. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on a plate of wings versus a turkey leg? Um, you know, I can eat a plate of wings. So I'd really, probably you could go eat one chicken wing, and then after that, you're like, "I want another chicken wing." Yeah, I can do it. Wow. Yeah, I really like it. It's really surprising. But uh, today, I had a uh, turkey butt uh, sandwich. It's like the tail. Yeah, it's really good. But if you eat them every day, every meal, they make you real fat, as they've discovered in uh, Samoa. Yeah, is that what they? Yeah. The, what do they actually, do with the rest of the turkey in Samoa? I don't know. Uh, also, I met someone who was in the Peace Corps in Samoa, and the way that you say uh-huh. it, Roy, is Samoa. Oh, okay. If you want to be an asshole. Uh-huh. It's like saying Genghis Khan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. No, Lindum apparently that's Dari. an issue. That That's a, a problem in, in Samoa right now is mm-hmm. that uh, turkey butt is really cheap. Are so a lot sure? of stuff is made made out so, of it. So here's my question. Everyone it's really in, fatty. Everyone in Samoa is fat. Couldn't they point to anything on that island and say that that's what causes no, they're people fatter. to be fatter? They're much larger than than before. Okay. I don't they're, know. How they're not possible. just healthy fat. They're like fat fat. No, I did I was not accusing them of being healthy sure. fat. Oh, I was okay. just saying Samoans. Well, that are sounds fat. like you're painting a, a fat brush all over the Samoans, mm-hmm. which I I don't want to do. I want to say to they any all, of our Samoan listeners, if they, there I are mean, any, please let us know. There's going to be a real serious Does how know how much of diabetes, a epidemic uh, there. What now? What did you say? The diabetes epidemic. Oh, okay. I've been Zach. I've been Roy. And this has been Advice Hot Dog.